This is The Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. In the Tri-States Public Radio listening area, there exists a winter storm warning from now until tomorrow morning at 6. And there have been many school closings in our area as well. If you are in our listening area and concerned about school closings or events that have been canceled, please check our website, tspr.org, and look under the local news tab. It should be the first story that you see there. The Illinois Supreme Court will decide this month whether to review an appellate court ruling in a Knox County murder case. Tri-State's Public Radio's Jane Carlson has our story. Public defenders for 51-year-old Marcy Oglesby filed a petition for leave to appeal with the high court. That's after the 4th District Appellate Court ruled in November to reinstate murder charges in the case. Oglesby is accused of poisoning the former Maquan police chief with eye drops and other medication and hiding his body in a storage unit. The remains of Richard Young were discovered 15 months ago. The appellate court decision reinstated the murder charges after they were dismissed by the circuit judge over speedy trial concerns. Now the high court will decide whether to take a look at the appellate decision. Thousands of petitions for leave to appeal are filed every year in Illinois, but very few are granted. I'm Jane Carlson. A trial date has been set for a Galesburg man charged with attempted murder. 38-year-old Jeremiah Bradfield is accused of stabbing a man multiple times at a video gaming lounge and tobacco store on North Henderson Street in September. The trial is set to begin on January 22nd. However, there are still offers for plea deals on the table from the state. Knox County State's Attorney Jeremy Carlin says those will expire on Thursday. A legislative state board that oversees a state agency rulemaking in Iowa met yesterday to review rules related to Iowa's new abortion law that passed last session. Iowa Public Radio's Natalie Krebs reports. The Administrative Rules Review Committee heard lawmakers' feedback on rules relating to a law that bans abortion in Iowa as early as six weeks of pregnancy. Representative Rick Olson, a Democrat from Des Moines, was one of two Democrats who commented. He told state officials the rule should better define the use of the word prosecutable in regards to how doctors determine if they can perform an abortion due to rape. Maybe we should define prosecutable by way of a definition that would encompass what you just indicated, that there would be sufficient facts, sufficient identities, things like that? Or do we just leave it up to the practicing physician to understand what that word means? The law is currently not in effect as it's been blocked by a legal challenge. The Iowa Supreme Court is expected to rule by June as to whether it can be enforceable. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. The Iowa legislature's 2024 session is underway. At a party fundraising breakfast before the session started, Republican leaders celebrated the start of their eighth year with full control of the state government. They say they'll consider changes to regional agencies that provide special education services. Lawmakers will also consider a proposal to get rid of more than a third of Iowa's state boards and commissions. And Republicans say they want to speed up existing tax cuts and try to cut income taxes even more. A U.S. Department of Agriculture report found socially disadvantaged producers operate at a higher risk level compared to their white counterparts. Harvest Public Media's Anna Pope reports at the same time they are less likely to receive government payments. 
The USDA report found 64 to 74 percent of farms operated by socially disadvantaged producers have thinner profit margins, meaning they're at higher risk. Historically, black farmers have received less funding through USDA programs. John Boyd Jr., president of the National Black Farmers Association, says now many younger black farmers aren't interacting with USDA programs at all. Which simply means they're not going to be a part of those numbers that you're talking about. So if you're not on grids, you don't have crop insurance, and you're not receiving disaster payments, stuff like that. The USDA has worked to end discriminatory practices. This was the first year it included data on credit and farmers of color. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Anna Pope. A new study shows widening racial and economic gaps when it comes to dual credit courses in Illinois high schools. Capital News Illinois reports the data come from the Illinois Workforce and Education Research Collaborative. It shows an increase in students taking dual credit classes, which provide college credit to students while they're still in high school. But it also shows fewer students of color are taking those classes, particularly in low-income and urban areas. Researchers say this trend is similar to what they find in college enrollment and completion rates. They recommend the state continue to invest in dual-credit programs to make them more accessible to all students. In today's feature, the National Day of Racial Healing originated in 2017. Western Illinois University will participate in the event for the first time this year. Tri-State's Public Radio's Rich Egger tells us about it. The National Day of Racial Healing is next Tuesday, January 16th. Western will market through a series of events beginning that day and continuing through the end of the month. Those events include lectures, workshops, and panel discussions. Carl Irvin is director of the Office of Justice, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity at Western, and he's helping organize the university's participation. I believe we need it. As you look at our country, things are falling apart when it comes to race relations and people not understanding or appreciating difference or welcoming difference. You can see DEI initiatives across the country being attacked and dragged through the mud. You see people just not wanting to communicate. And there's definitely time and need for healing. How can we help people to feel better about themselves and feel better about relationships and build those bonds? So healing, I see, is something that's really important. What, what do you think you can do uh, with the campus community? And I imagine this is also for the larger Macomb community as well? Yes, it is for both communities. And I see us bringing awareness. First, you have to acknowledge there's a concern. And so the program that we're doing is focusing on there's a history of what's happened to, say, African Americans or Latinx populations or other people who are different. And how do we bring them into the larger community? What's the larger community's role in improving race relationships? Because when we look at racism, it's not us or them. It's all of us. And how do we make our community one that's welcoming and supportive of others? We do it through programming. We do it through recognizing that this is something, this is a need that we have to address if we are to survive and thrive as a nation. If we're going to even live up to the ideals of all people are created equal, we need to do something. And I see this program as a continuation of efforts that's gone in the past, but how do we do even better? And this is our first time getting started because it's a new program. I mean, there's so many different activities out there, but this is one that I see as growing 
and we need to be part of that growth. Do you have any concerns that you'll be preaching to the choir, that you might not be reaching out to people who need to hear these types of messages? I think we'll always preach to the choir because they need to hear the message as well. But I believe some others will come as well. That's why we have the diversity of different events. Do you feel like you've uh, seen strides made toward racial healing in your lifetime? Yes. I mean, when you look at the way our country's gone forward, Sure, there's some regression right now, but I believe progress is being made when you look at, say, elected officials, when you look at uh, wealth in the communities, when you look at opportunities in the communities from people from different backgrounds and cultures. It's not equal now. There's not. There's still strafe. There's still discrimination. But I see it steadily improving. To me, it's sort of like... That period right after Reconstruction and things sort of went back down and then it took a while to come back up. And I think we're headed down at going back down now. So we're going to try to interrupt that with these efforts that we're making now so that we don't repeat that part of the past. So it sounds like uh, you believe there's still a lot of work to do? Oh, yes, most definitely. I mean, it's a always a work in progress. As human beings, we have these tendencies, so it's a work in progress to accept people are different. Carl Irvin is director of the Office of Justice, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity at Western Illinois University. Irvin hopes people attend at least one of the local events held in conjunction with the National Day of Racial Healing. He believes everyone can play a part in making the world better. Rich Egger reporting. In the weather for our listening area, we have a winter storm warning that exists from now until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. There should be snow today, and we expect another 3 to 5 inches of accumulation are possible. Patchy blowing snow after 3 p.m. is also possible, and the high should be in the mid-30s. For tonight, snow mainly before 10 p.m., a possible accumulation of yet another 1 to 2 inches, and the low should be in the upper teens. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.